Welcome to the Bold Goal Crusher podcast for anyone looking to stop letting life get in the way and start crushing bold goals. I'm your host, Sarah Mayer, and I'm thrilled to navigate this journey with you because it's time to start boldly achieving without working double time. So let's dive in. Hello, Bold Goal Crushers. Today, we are jumping into the second edition of the book series, where we are discussing books and topics that are relevant. And I'm super excited to have my guest, Naomi Clark, on the show today. And she has refined her magic toolkit of copywriting, sales, and content strategy running a photography studio for 10 years in one of Melbourne's fancy postcodes. And we're talking Melbourne, Australia, not Melbourne Beach, where I used to live. So today, through her workshop, signature course, and one-on-one support, she helps digital course creators worldwide create more profitable launches with less stress. And we all want less stress. She has written a book that's been published by Mama Mia, Elephant Journal, Huntington Post, and much more, but nobody likes a bragger. She lives in Australia, as I mentioned, and today we'll be discussing the book, Comparison-itis, how to stop comparing yourself to others and be genuinely happy by Melissa Ambrosini. And this is your warning, we may share some spoilers. So if you haven't read the book, now it's time to hit pause and jump in, or just join us on the journey as we discuss the topic of comparison-itis. I'm so excited to have you on the podcast and to be discussing this book. How are you, Sarah? Thank you for such, thank you for having me and thank you for such an incredible, warm welcome. I should point out too, as much as I love the fact that you mentioned I'd written a book I haven't. I've I've had content published on Mamma Mia and Elephant Journal and having to post, which is still just as awesome. And my mom has always said to me, Nami, you should write a book, but I haven't. I'm putting that out in the universe. I'm putting that out there. We can start manifesting that stuff today. It's early in the morning here, but I think, you know, no time like the present. (laughs) Yeah, for sure. Well, you know, I know many of our listeners have a goal of creating a digital course and also have businesses and they're always looking for great content. So we'll dive into that at the end on how you might work with her, but I'm super excited to be jumping into the book. And I don't know about you, but for those of you watching on the video, We have post-its, like a lot of post-its on this book, and (laughs) we are ready to dive in. So I just want to start off by asking you, what were your thoughts about the book? Well, I think, you know, it resonated with me in many different ways and touched on many areas of my life. The big one for me though, how how quickly do we want to dive into this, Sarah? Can I launch yeah, straight let's into jump the, in. the, the yeah. thick of things? Um, social media. I feel like social media has become, I have a love-hate relationship with it. And I know Melissa explores this in the book and that when used as a tool in the right way, 
it can create, like any tool, amazing things and amazing outcomes. But the biggest ahas for me, I think, were around social media, mm-hmm. limiting and controlling how, choosing how I used to use use that as a tool. But also, I have two children and being a role model in that way for them and showing them how to use social media appropriately. Mm-hmm. My, my kids are 12 and nearly 10, mm-hmm. and I know that I've got those teenage years ahead of me where children of that age or teenagers will rely on social media to communicate and form their friendships and, you know, connect with others and, mm-hmm. and all of those things. That's fantastic, but I'm also very mindful that, it, you know, it's a double-edged sword and it can be a place of conflict and stress and comparisonitis, which is a huge one yeah. um, in their world too. So socials, socials was a big aha for me and looking at how I could probably be a better role model for mm-hmm. my children more than just um, see, using social media and going, oh, how does my life compare to others? I think it was the role model stuff for me that really jumped off yeah. the pages. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. That section of the book was really, um, really thought provoking. You know, I grew up in a time where we didn't have Facebook. Facebook came out when I was in my first professional position. And I actually worked at a college. So I was one of the first people on Facebook because I had that EDU email. And I just, it's such a different time. And I think it really makes it uh, this, this idea of comparison and comparisonitis really pop out. And I think one of the biggest takeaways that I had from the book, there were a lot, uh, I will share for our listeners, this book isn't like a book you just read and you're like, oh, okay, I got a couple points. She has quizzes and real mm. world tactics that you can use and actually put into practice. And I think the biggest lesson that came from the book for, for me was that everybody, it's normal to compare yourself to other people, Absolutely. but there comes this point where it's not healthy. And that's at the point where you really need to take action and think about how to make some adjustments. And one of those is social media. There's a whole bunch of other um, really real world tactics. And I think that was a real big reality check for me because Sometimes we look up to people that we're comparing ourselves to and we're like, they're so lucky or they have it all together or they're so fashionable or they're so whatever. And what we don't realize is they're also doing the same thing. And maybe to our post too. Absolutely. And we only see through socials and I'm, you know, I'm talking about YouTube as well. We have so many platforms that we can share our lives on now which, you know, when you're running a business, um, there are amazing promotional tools. But for an audience, we've got to remember that we're only seeing one small element or, or facet of those people's lives that they, they, they are comfortable about sharing with us. So I think it's really important to just, you know, continue showing up in a really, oh, I struggle with using this word, but authentic, there I said it, 
yeah. a really authentic way so people realize that you are warts and all and actually those publications you mentioned in my intro Sarah are stories about the warts and all of, of motherhood because I went through a time when my children were, were babies I really struggled through early mm -hmm. motherhood um, and with my mental health but also that feeling of oh this is, I didn't expect motherhood to be like this. Everyone's having this different kind of experience. So I wrote about those things. And so many people reached out to me because it was relatable mm. and real and they were struggling with the same stuff. And I actually felt more empowered through, through doing, through showing my flaws rather than trying to, you know, keep up with the Joneses. Yeah. Yeah. And I think people can relate to you, but they also realize that you're, human. And I think yeah. that's what's so yeah. important. Yeah. Absolutely. So comparison isn't necessarily bad because when we're all going through a challenge or something like that, it's helpful. Um, mm. I know in the book, I would like to kind of get your thoughts on what are the most memorable lessons from the book? Yeah. I think one of the ones was um, feeling your feelings. Mm. I really loved that lesson. Um, because there are going to be times when stuff gets really hard. It's just a fact mm -hmm. of, of, of life. We can't avoid it. And I think, you know, for the most part, we have, we pursue happiness. Um, yeah. there is in the world that I'm in, which is, you know, small business and working with course creators and building this life and business that we, we love, um, and some of those industry mentors or figureheads, um, there is this big push to have this amazing life, but it's not always going to be beer and Skittles. And allowing ourselves to kind of feel those feelings, sit mm. with the feelings is a really um, important lesson. Years ago, again, it was in the, the midst of, of struggling with motherhood and I was seeing a counsellor counselor at that time and I was dealing with some really shitty feelings and my counselor said to me and it's something that I've used ever since she said there is space for those feelings mm -hmm. inside you there is room for them so rather than pushing them away mm -hmm. she said let them move through you and let them find a place to settle and when I was able to visualize that experience I realized she, I found she was right there was plenty of space there was yeah. plenty of space. The more we push, the, the greater the friction becomes. And once I let those feelings sit in with me, I also realized not only there was space for them, but I could carry them and yeah. it was okay. You know, I, I, I was able to bear that load. So feeling the feelings, I was just like, yes, we, it can't all be perfect all the time. Yeah. Um, and I think it's easy to beat yourself up when, yeah. when things are. Yeah. And back to the book being very tactical. I love that you picked up on this. This was one of the things that I had a note on and a post-it of how to actually feel your feelings. And she yeah. has, I'm an operations person. Yeah. <laughs> and she's, she speaks my language because she gives you the story. She gives you the content, but then she gives you the toolkit and she Absolutely. has a super helpful flow chart, as she calls it, which I think is really interesting. It talks about the natural reaction when things are uncomfortable. And she talks about how the two most common responses are 
to either numb your feelings and push mm-hmm, them aside mm-hmm, mm-hmm. or create a story about what those emotions mean. Like you must be so angry. You must be a bad person or you aren't getting anything done. You must be lazy. And I love that she has a, a framework for actually getting present and feeling those feelings. Because I think as kids, sometimes we're taught like, oh, don't you fell down. It's okay. Get back You're up. Okay. Nothing to see. You're okay. Yeah. Uh, don't boys don't cry or, you know, you know, stop crying. And I think back, I have a counseling background um, in one of my master's degrees. And one of the things they told us like day three was don't ever hand a client a handkerchief or a Kleenex. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I, I sat with that. I was like, that's weird. I had to ask a question. And the, the teacher said, because you're telling them it's not okay for them to cry. Yeah. You're telling them to stop now have Kleenex available. If they want it, they will get up and get it. They will reach for it. Yeah. And I really, that really resonated with me because so many times verbally or non-verbally we're telling people it's not okay to be be not okay. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, absolutely. And it's, you know, interesting as well, just then you raised the fact that we either push things away you know, dust the feelings off and move on, or we numb ourselves. And therein lies, you know, the layering of that problem because we often do that with social media. We try and tune out. And then the issue of comparisonitis and those that, that voice of imposter syndrome gets louder and louder and louder. So it's just, yep, layer upon layer upon layer. So I think, yeah, feeling those feelings um, is such a powerful tool to use and once you do it it's never feeling the feelings is never as scary as what you think it will be yeah yeah I I really had that as a memorable lesson in the book and then one of the other things so I'm glad you touched on that one of the other things that was a key takeaway was the difference between upward social comparison and downward yes Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. And there's a a business group that I uh, am involved with. And one of the things that we talk about a lot is you either can um, compare or you can be inspired. Mm -hmm. And, you know, you can choose to get overwhelmed. When we compare, we get overwhelmed. It stores our progress. It's um, we're focused on other people. When we're inspired, we, we look inwards, we realise our strengths, we celebrate what we're capable of and we move forward, you know, we, we lift each other up. Um, and I, I agree with you, Sarah, that was one of my favourite points in the book as well because, again, it's using the same external resources and just leveraging them in, in different ways. Yeah, I love that idea of getting inspired. I think mm. one of the things that, maybe it, maybe it's just me, but maybe a lot of people don't do is I look at a lot of women and I'm like, you go girl, that's awesome. And I, I actually create things out of inspiration from things that they're doing and, you know, getting inspired Mm -hmm. by what they're Mm -hmm. doing. Mm -hmm. But I think the kicker is, and something I'm going to add to my daily list is I don't think I've ever shared that with them. Yes. And that is really important. I think that is where 
that um, kind of giving and supporting creates, it's that ripple effect. You get energy from it. They get great energy from it. And Melissa talks about this as well with the pie and the candle yeah. analogy. She uses, she uses food as a reference a lot. And I, I love that. I, it's, it's a really great way of explaining ideas. But in the book, she talks about um, how you can approach life um, and supporting others as if you either have a pie and someone takes a slice of your pie, you have less pie. Mm-hmm. Whereas if we have a candle and we share our flame with others, um, it doesn't diminish our flame. It just makes others shine brighter. It, it lights the way for other people and can help guide them. And we all benefit from that. So, yes, share your inspiration with those people and, and let them know because in turn it will inspire them um, yeah. and it just creates creates that ripple effect. Yeah. Were there any other memorable lessons that you had on your list? I, there's so many in this book. I think, you know, one of the things for me, I, I wonder if I'm at a slightly different stage of my life. I feel um, had I read it, this book would have been, I wish it had come out 20 years ago when I was in the earlier stages of my career and at earlier stages with, with relationships and my, my core adult, adult friendships. Um, I think it would have been really, really helpful for me back then. I think now that I'm a parent, um, so much of my time and energy is focused on others um, that I don't have a lot of time to think about myself as crazy as as that sounds and compare um I think also too it goes back to me setting examples for my children about how I want to show up in the world Mm -hmm. what great what a healthy relationship looks like with myself and and with others too but every now and again my kids will you know if I'm having I'm human I have crappy days I have great Mm -hmm. days but on my hard days my kids now turn to me and say, you can do it, mum, you know, believe Aww. in yourself. And so I hear those lessons, obviously those little lessons uh, I, are having an impact on them. Um, so, yeah, definitely I wish I had have had the book a good 20 years ago before the social media storm hit. Yeah. I think that would have been a part, but we don't, we can't forecast those kinds of things. But the other, the, one of the big Um, takeaways for me Sarah and we practice this in our home regularly is gratitude and reflecting on what we do have and being thankful for for that Um, and not just acknowledging it in our heads but we verbalize it at home as well Mm -hmm. so we'll often sit down at the dinner table and run through three three things that we're grateful for so that attitude of gratitude stuff I think is an amazing tool for diminishing comparisonitis and again dialing down that imposter syndrome so we can just focus on our strengths and what we have and and show up yeah and I think that's really important to you know as a leader of your family you really set the tone and if you're constantly like well we can't do that because we're not rich or we can't do that because we're not this or whatever it it really sets the tone for Mm. that comparison. And I, I mean, I, I think as we discussed, it's normal to compare and that drives yeah. inspiration and innovation yeah. and 
and all that ambition and all that mm, great, mm. great stuff. There's a great reason for comparing, but when yes. it becomes unhealthy is when it becomes an itis. And Absolutely. I know that. Yeah. Yeah. And so she talks a little bit about 10 symptoms of comparison itis. And I want to share that with the listeners because I think one, there's a quiz. So if you're wondering if you suffer from this, uh, you can definitely- I scored lower or higher, I should say, than I thought I would, which was a huge aha for me. I I thought, ah, I might get a couple of points here. I, I, I scored in that, that second tier only just, but I was like, Oh, okay. It's, it's more prevalent than I actually thought. Yeah. It's a great reality check. And I think that what's really cool is then there's some, you know, we're, we'll discuss some of the things that you can pull out that she had. There's uh, 10 of them main symptoms, but definitely go back. If you're listening, if you haven't already and take that quiz, because I think it's just a good baseline um, Mm, mm. for that. So here are the 10 that are listed to keep an eye on. Are you looking to get the word out about your product, business, service, or your podcast? Well, as you know, podcasting is a labor of love that does cost time and money to produce. But we do have some exciting sponsorship opportunities for you. And anyone can be a sponsor. We have per episode sponsorships, monthly sponsorships, 45 seconds recorded by you or me, and various options. So feel free to check out our sponsorship opportunities. And while you're sponsoring an episode, we will highlight you or your business. Visit sarahmayer.com slash podcast sponsorships for more information. We're looking forward to highlighting you and your business. Uh, Linking your self-worth to things outside of yourself, toxic self-talk. You know, we spend the most time with the people in our Mm -hmm. head, Uh, feeling stuck, hot bubbling emotions, feeling behind, competition culture, extreme self-consciousness, social media overkill, an attitude of ingratitude, Mm -hmm. and general unhappiness. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The um the bubbling feelings too um was a not not that I really have those, but I found exercise and again Melissa talks about move moving your what does she call it? Moving your tush or moving your buns or something like that. Exercise has been an amazing mm-hmm. tool for me to um I yeah, I guess regulate my my emotions and relieve stress for me. So this stuff shows up less and less um yeah. exercise you can, good food looking after your your body or your temple um and and moving just and sleep all of those mm. things reduce stress so we can cope with all of these external mm-hmm. forces and also um looking beyond i can't remember what chapter it it, it is i think it's in the introduction where melissa talks about our comparison actually increases when people have more in common. Mm. 
Yeah. So if I'm comparing myself to Bill Bill Gates, for example, who cares? Mm-hmm. You know, very different lifestyles, you know, huge gaps in our wealth, um, yeah. huge gaps in achievement, all of those things. I don't know why Bill Gates came to mind, but um, poles apart. But if I compare myself to another parent at school mm-hmm. who might live in the same suburb as me, who may have had a similar education or upbringing, uh, there's a te- there will be a tendency to for me potentially to compare with them more. I think yeah. getting outside and into the world and meeting a huge variety of people from a you know, diverse backgrounds and upbringing uh, upbringings and um, places and cultures and all of those things, we realize that we're part of a bigger global picture and we stop that. Um, yeah, stop that comparison with people in just one little sort of bubble. Does that make sense? Yeah. And I'm glad you brought up this concept of comparing like people like Kylie Jenner or Bill Gates Mm. or any of those people, how it's not as impacting on our soul or no, because, you know, they, they have something I'm not, I'm not, you know, close to that, but you know, when it cuts home is when the people are closer to our circle, we're closer to where we're at. But the reality is everyone has the same journey. We, we never go from setting a goal to totally achieving it. There's always bumps along the road and that journey is different, but it is the same. Like nobody Mm, has mm. ever achieved anything super easy. That's worth it. So That's right. And we don't, like like we said earlier, we don't see the warts and all. It's often kept behind closed doors. But, you know, we, we can look at that stuff in, say, like a workplace context where um, one of your colleagues or teammates might get a promotion that you feel like you were, you know, should have mm-hmm. should have received perhaps. That stuff can really sting because it is close to home. But, again, and it is mentioned somewhere in, in uh, Melissa's book that the universe She's talking about her pregnancy journey and the universe has its plan for you. Yeah. Things will unfold as they should. Now, I'm not a particularly woo-woo person, um, but there have been plenty of times in my life that I look back and think, wow, if that opportunity had have come up for me, I would have missed out on all of these other great things that were waiting ahead. The door would have closed on those. So yeah, trusting in that process sometimes and going through the hard stuff and feeling the crappy feelings, no trusting that there will be what is meant to be on the other side. Yeah. For you is a really important one. I love it. And in a lot of the chapters, she really shares some really great techniques, which I think is really mm-hmm. cool because everybody needs that toolkit to move out of comparison itis. Yeah. And I loved the ACEs, um, the four step technique. Absolutely. I I think it goes into, so the first one is awareness, choose a different path, eliminate and shift your state. Yeah. Yes. And I, I think what's really important about that is really going back to taking a step back Mm -hmm, and mm -hmm. thinking about why is this coming up for me or Mm. why am I feeling this way? And so I love the tactics that were shared in the book. 
Yeah, yep. The ACEs was was a really good one. Awareness or acknowledge, I think, you know, it's the first step in any problem, solving any problem. You've got to know that you have the problem in the first place. And, yeah, the quiz is obviously a great place to start. And for me, like I said, I didn't realise that I comparisonitis was popping up that much Mm -hmm. so it's underlying there somewhere um what was the second one sarah c was um character was it um choose choose choose, a different path choose a different path okay yeah so choose a different path um and eliminate eliminate i've had toxic people in my life who have increased comparisonitis for me possibly because they're struggling with that themselves mm-hmm. um, when I've eliminated those toxic influences people or social media channels um, or that that self-talk that has really helped uh, dial it down as well yeah. and shifting shifting state so that's where you know the get out and moving um, breaking state is a, is a really powerful tool yeah well. yeah and I think what's really a takeaway after reading this book is that you know, everybody's comparing. And I think it's really important to remember that we're all at different stages in our Mm -hmm. journey. Maybe it's a different chapter in our book, but it's so important to remember, regardless of your book is finished or you're just starting, uh, that everybody's comparing themselves to others in some way. And I think it's so important to reach back and bring people and in, I'm going to use the term you use and inspire them mm. and bring them along in the journey. And then also reach forward to look for mentors or people who have maybe charted the path or, you know, made it a little bit further in the journey for advice and wisdom. And if, yeah. I think if we all do that, it makes it a much more inspirational world, but also lim- eliminates some of the comparisonitis. Yeah, definitely. Um, and I think, you know, when we do pull on our, our brave boots and reach out to people who are, you know, those few steps ahead, if, if that's the right word to use, um, and seek advice or guidance from them, they'll be more than happy to mm-hmm. reach back and, and offer that to us as well. But I think the other big thing with comparing where we should be at with certain things is this timeline we have in our own heads. Yes. Not always other people, but it's this weird timeline. And I had that, you know, I'll I'll have done this by the time I'm 25. I'll have I'll, I'll have had kids or be married by the time I'm 30. I'll I'll own my own home by this age and yada yada yada. I don't and obviously I've picked that up from somewhere. Yeah. From you know the the world around me or the the people who are in my lives. Letting go of that um has been and it's still something I need to practice I actually went and got my motorbike license last week I decided that I needed more fun in my life I had this beautiful scooter her name is Valerie sitting in my garage for the years um, my my learners had lapsed anyway I went back and I before I got to the class I'm thinking you know, I should have, I should have, you know, had my P's by now. I should have been on my full license by now. Why did I let this lapse? I'm going to be the oldest person in the room. Ready, ready. I wasn't. Um, 
there were a lot of other younger people there as well, but we were all celebrating each other's Mm -hmm. success and cheering each other on. As the class kicked off, the instructor said, I want you guys to guess what you think the, the, you know, who who has been the oldest person I've ever taken through? How how old do you think they were? And I I was guessing in 70s. um, I think this person was like, in their late eight, I think I don't know if it was 89 or 93, it was way up there. Aww. And it was a woman as well. And we were like, yeah, so there's no right timeline for any of us to be doing any of this stuff. Look back and celebrate the steps that you've made along the way. And it's better to have started late and done something than yeah. never at all. I think that's a big lesson in we're never behind. No, no. Yeah. No, yeah. that's right. Behind yeah. behind what? Yeah. Behind his schedule. Yeah. Yep, exactly. Yep. I love it. All right. So uh, a couple rapid fire questions. Uh, Go for the, it, Sarah. The first one, if you had the chance to ask the author of this book one question, what would it be? Oh, okay. What would it be? I would be keen to know um, how they simply... Well, I think I already know the answer because Melissa shares this in her book, how, how she, she shakes off the really hard days. But, you know, I know that she uses the all of these different techniques in the book, yeah. like the ACES techniques, for example. Um, I think that would be the biggest one because I had that, I had that a couple of weeks ago where I had to, I, I almost messaged somebody to say, I'm stuck in this state. How do I shake it off? I had some crappy experiences um, that were work-related and I just couldn't, I was having these conversations in my head. Um, the way I, I shifted my state that particular day was I got in my car, put some music on. I love a band called Cold Chisel. It's a good Aussie rock band. Have you heard of them, Sarah? <laughs> I haven't, no! but I'll check oh, them out. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, <laughs> I grew up with Cold Chisel. I grew up, I'm an 80s, 80s and 90s child, mostly 80s child. I'm aging myself here. But I got in my car and drove around for a bit and had a concert in my car. And the, the lead singer in Cold Chisel has a mean set of lungs. And um, so I, I belted out a few tunes with them. But I think that that would be, you know, when that when the inner dialogue is really raging, how do you shake that off? What would you do? But I think I know that it would be getting moving would be yeah. probably the answer that Melissa would give me. Yeah, I love it. If I had the opportunity to sit down with Melissa, I would ask her if you had the opportunity to meet with Mark Zuckerberg at Facebook headquarters, what recommendations Mm. would you make? That's a great one. What did I think of that? I don't know. It just came to me. I, I would love to know her perspective on what she would ask Mark Zuckerberg. Mm, mm. Yeah, I think that's a really important one because that tool doesn't come with any guidelines. We're making it up as as we go. Yeah, yeah. and For for ourselves and our kids. And it has so much power, you know, and Facebook owns other things. And I think it has the opportunity, just like anything, to really shape the world for good. But it also Mm. can do so much unintended damage. Yeah, absolutely. I, I very much agree with you. Yeah. All right. Next one. Uh, if you could summarize the book in one sentence, what would you say? 
Oh, I'd actually summarize it in one word. Can I can oh, I be yeah. cheeky and, and go for gold? I would I would just say soul food. Oh, love it. Yeah. yeah. I think I think it's um really important to sort of take a step back every now and again. You know, we get caught up in our lives and the the hustle and the busyness and the noise. And it's a great way to pause and catch our breath and kind of exhale mm-hmm. and reflect and know that we're we're doing we're doing a really good job we're doing the best we can with the tools that we have and be kind to ourselves again in sorry and I know there's little points I keep going back to but Melissa talks about that inner dialogue and some of the things that we say to ourselves we would never in a million years say it to anyone our, our closest friends or even people we disliked you know, I yeah. don't think we'd, we'd ha- be that mean um so it's a really um beautiful chance to sit and nurture and and be kind to yourself and know that you're doing yeah. really well yeah and you know we spend the most time with the people that are talking in our head or one person and I actually worked with an organization that works with teen girls and they were telling me about an activity that they did where it was a group activity and the girls wrote what they said to themselves and then put it in a pot and they were read out loud and yeah. people were like, what? And yeah. I think that's so true. And it's not just what we're saying to ourselves is what other people are saying to themselves. And I, I just think that we just need to be a little more kind all, mm. all around. And absolutely. Yeah. So if I were to summarize the book, um, I'm going to steal something from one of her reviewers, Gabby. She says that in the book, she, Melissa refers to people who recovered from comparisonitis as unicorns. And this really is a unicorn training manual. It, I love a good book but I love a good book that provides the tools and resources that you can actually use and dive into. This isn't a book where you read cover to cover and then that's it. Um, It really is a book you need to work. And so I encourage all our listeners to actually work the book, not read Mm. the book. Yeah, it can it become it can become a daily or weekly or monthly practice. How often, however often you need to dive back into it um I just want to add to the point you made about the work you were doing um with teenage girls and um one of my kids was going through a tricky time recently and one of the recommendations we were were given was for them to write down kind of like the the gratitude we practice at the dinner family dinner table but for them to write down three things that they loved about themselves each day so it was that reversing flipping the script so rather than that negative self-talk going on in here writing the great stuff down on paper and and reading that to us and them hearing hearing those beautiful words coming back so I think you can recover from comparisonitis you've just got to be shown the tools like in this book and practice them it's no it's no good just reading the information that's only that that's the first step of, of yeah. acknowledging or becoming aware. You've you've got to work through it and take yeah. the opportunity they, they show up. I love it. And I've truly loved this conversation and Me too, uh, Sarah. discussing this book alongside you. I mean, I love 
connecting with people. And I think that you just have a really great perspective on life and the tools that the listeners can use to move forward. Oh, well, now, thank you. Yeah. And now if somebody wanted to work with you, cause I do know we have people who have been interested in creating courses and have some goals around launches, how could they connect with you and what could they expect? Yeah. So, uh, well, I hope they can expect a lot of great things. They can connect with me on my website, which is namieclark.com. Um, and it's funny, you know, so much of the stuff we've spoken about today um, is relevant to the work that I do because it's not just for me, um, the clients that I work with and write content for, it's not just about the content or the emails that I'm, I'm building out or their sales pages. I help them work through imposter syndrome so much of the time because in the course creator world, in that bubble, mm -hmm. it's so easy to compare ourselves at mm -hmm. our first launch versus someone's seventh or tenth launch where they have all these affiliate sellers and they're hitting six figures the first round and, and so on. So I work with people to, to get uh, help them overcome imposter syndrome, realize the value of the knowledge that they're sharing um, and get that position, that angle for them. And yeah, just like, like you said in, in the intro, really take the stress out and the guesswork mm -hmm. out of all of that. So that's, um, that's what they can expect from working with me, a bit of a, a, an ally um, in bringing their amazing knowledge and mm -hmm. sharing uh, their expertise with with the world because there will be somebody out there who needs their course, who needs their support. Yeah. Um, and I show them the, the pathway to, to get it out there. Yeah. Well, and we talked about, you know, people on different journeys. And I think there's so many people that struggle in silence. And so they struggle putting their course together yeah. and then the people who need their course are struggling. So I Absolutely. love that you're there to really support and guide them along the journey and yeah. provide that inspiration. So yeah, 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 definitely. Because there are so many points in that creation process and the sales process where we you know, want to shut down. It gets hard. Um, we think no one's going to want to buy this. No one, no one really needs this. Um, is my content any good? Is my experience worthy? Um, am I enough of an authority? Am I credible? All of those things. So I worked through all of that stuff. And it's funny, you know, when I actually launched uh, my business, uh, what are we, 2022, so five years ago now, I purposefully did not look at any other copywriters' websites because yep. I knew that it would impede my progress and I wanted yep. to do something really different as well. So I didn't look at what other people were charging. I didn't look at what kind of content they were offering. I stayed in, I stayed in my lane. I stayed focused on, on what I wanted to deliver and it actually helped me move forward faster. So looking, looking at what I could offer versus what I could offer in comparison to someone else mm -hmm. was a, a yeah. Well, a you just talked about that time. You just talked about comparison and what you're really Absolutely. doing is comparison is normal, but you're keeping people going from comparison to comparison itis. Yes. And yes. so you're like a roadmap, a guide to stay away from comparison itis. That's basically <laughs> your whole job. It is. It is my job. It is my job uh, with, a, with a bit of um, cold chisel on the side. 
I love it. <laughs> awesome. Well, it has been so great connecting with you. And for you too, those Sarah. of you out there listening, if you haven't jumped into the book, please do please work the book and uh, reach out. Definitely get connected. If you're looking to build a course or need anything else, uh, she's a great cheerleader. So excited to have you. Thank you so much. Thanks for having me, Sarah. Thank you for tuning in to the Bold Goal Crusher podcast, where we crush goals and everything that gets in the way. I always love to support my community. So feel free to text the word goal to 480-530-5368. Again, 480-530-5368 and the word goal. And then tell me all about your goals and dreams. Thanks for tuning in. I look forward to seeing you crush your goals this year.